0: Good evening! How's everybody? Good. Let me share a story. This was um, when I was down in uh, Baton Rouge on staff down there. One of the things that I did was take um, students down to Mardi Gras to witness and um, did it a couple of years. And one of the greatest stories that we heard when we were down there was there was a couple and they had a couple of children uh, I think one that was able to walk and one in a stroller. And one of our team had come up to him, seen him. And if you've ever been down to Mardi Gras, it really is Sin City. Uh, I've seen everything down there. Uh, you name it, and I've seen it. And um, so they were witnessing to this couple and, uh, and asked him, did he want to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? And they said yes. And um, so they prayed with this couple And when they got done with the prayer, they opened their eyes and right off the bat, they said, what are we doing here? They both looked at each other and said, why are we here? It hit them just like that. And they realized that that was not the place for them to be, that they were amongst all this sin and everything and they had just accepted Jesus Christ. There was great revelation that had come to their minds and to their hearts and they said, we have to get our kids out of here right now. And they got their kids and they picked up and they took off. And it's just that easy. It's a, it's a spiritual battle that takes place. I'm going to talk about that tonight and help us a little bit with the follow-up. After we've talked to somebody, after we've shared our story, Uh, after we've talked to them about the gospel and, and what's going on in your life. So if you'll take out your Bibles tonight, if you have those, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Why don't you stand with me tonight as we read God's Word together? Beginning in verse 1. This is Saul's conversion When he became Paul. Now, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and he asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And it came about that as he journeyed, he was approaching Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said to him, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and it shall be told to you what you must do. And the men who traveled with him him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. And Saul got up from the ground and Though his eyes were open, he could not see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus, and he was three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he had seen in the vision a man named Ananias coming in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he did to thy saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call upon thy name. And the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name'sake." Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you would just help us to continue to grow in faith. Father, to be bold, to share our story, to help others to see Jesus Christ. Father, to make disciples, to... Help them to find that the greatest relationship that they can have in this world is a relationship with you. And I pray that you would touch our hearts tonight, Father, with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn around shake someone's hand before you're seated tonight. Welcome them. This is uh, Paul's story, and everybody has a different story. If we went around the room tonight, we could find that each and every one of you has a different story. Last week, I shared mine, and Ruth, and and Terry shared theirs, and all three of those were different. And that's one of the things that I know that we've talked about, that no two stories are the same. Mine, you know, I didn't have the story that Ruth did, and and someone say, oh, well, she really has a dynamic testimony Well, sometimes, you know, walking with God since you're five or six years old is a dynamic testimony. Here's the thing. Everybody's testimony is dynamic because it is what God has done in your life to help you to walk this walk and to help others to see Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's what you add to your story. It's what you subtract from your story. But it's a story that should glorify God. It should glorify God. It should point people to Christ and what he did on the cross for them and how that point in your life that you accepted it, it changed you, that you understood it, that you came to faith, and go on and on and on and on. But that's what really changed us is what Jesus Christ did. And in just a few days, we're going to be celebrating that. So number one, what do you do after that? Well, you can invite them to church after you've shared your story. You can invite them to church, which is a great thing to do. You can share more of the Bible, God's love letter to us with them. Share some scriptures with them. You can have that talk and just continue on with them. There's some people that I have been talking to for years, and there's others the first time I had a conversation with them, I prayed the sinner's prayer with them. We never know what it's going to take, how people are going to react, and, and what's going to happen. But then at some point, they need to be challenged by the question. Do you want to accept Jesus Christ? Are you ready to believe? Do you want to have a relationship with God? We need to take the next step in that. There's two conversations. The two, no two conversations are the same. And I have witnessed the hundreds over the years. And I think it's one of the greatest things that you can do. When I, as, as I shared with you down when I was down in Baton Rouge, that was one of the greatest times because students had to witness. We had to go out on the streets. We had to do different things. And once they led somebody to the Lord, it changed their life. If you've never done it, let me challenge you to share your story as we have the last three weeks. Share your story and, and, and let somebody see Jesus Christ and what he has done. They, you, you will get so excited that you'll want to do it again. That was awesome because you have a little part in that. You were either a planter, a water. But the thing was that when they accepted Jesus Christ, you were a harvester. And I'll be honest, we live around cornfields and bean fields, and all these things. All year- I am not a farmer. I really am not. I don't want to go out there and part the soil, plant the seed, and, okay, do something. Or even go out there and water it. You still have to wait. Harvesting is fun. When you can go out there and you bring in the crop, that you're ready to eat, that you're ready to share, that you're ready to see. So we need to do that. We need to harvest. And it's one of the greatest things, as I said, that when you ask the question. Everyone is different in coming to the Lord. They have different backgrounds. And one of the things that I have also learned is that you need to understand them. Understand them. They have learned things by going to other churches. They've learned things by their from their parents and how they were raised. They, by what other people have said, by what they've seen on TV. And you need to understand them in order to share the gospel. If I'm talking to somebody who is, let's say, Jewish, I'm not going to talk to them about things that are of Catholic faith. I want to talk to them about what they believe. Somebody who doesn't believe at all, how do you talk to them? You need to understand where they're coming from. In order to help them to understand what Jesus Christ has done. So they've, they've learned from different places. Please don't put them down for, for that and, and understand that just because our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life doesn't make us any better. Just makes us saved, just makes us a Christian, helps us to understand what Jesus Christ has done for us. God has created each and every one of us in this room, out of this room, equally. And they have a soul, just like you have a soul. So understand that. Also be careful about speaking in Christianese. You know what that is? Saying, do you want to be born again? They have no idea what you're talking about. Go and read the story in John chapter 3. Can I enter back into my mother's womb? No. Saying, are you saved? I remember when we were down in Louisiana, Louisiana. I, I, we were on, on uh, LSU campus, uh, Louisiana State University. And myself and this um, elderly lady, we were out witnessing. And um, she asked me, she goes, I don't like this that we, you know, ask questions and get to know them and everything else. I just want to know if they're saved or not. And she goes, why can't we just walk up and ask them if they're saved? And I said, well, because they don't understand what you're talking about. And she, and she kept going on and on and on. And she goes, I just want to do it. And I said, okay. The next person we come, and and then as we're walking around, I'm praying, I really am praying. This is my prayer. God, please let the next person be compassionate, and please do not let them fall away from you by what is about ready to take place. I said, God, because it's it, this is also... Witnessing is very serious business, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes. It's life or death. So we walked up to the next person, and you're on college campus, so you know the mindset of the college student. And we said, hi, introduced ourselves, and she said, are you saved? And from what? <laughs> and she didn't know where to go then after that. And so it was a very short conversation, and and, um, nothing happened. And so then she goes, okay, I understand why we need to get to know people before we get into it. And then I prayed again, God, please touch that person that we just talked to. Please don't let them take this conversation in a bad way, but somehow come to know you as Lord and Savior. So we have to get to know them and understand that everybody comes from a different background that we need to watch when we say salvation the lamb's book of life when we're talking about being saved and and everybody's definition of christian is different and you need to understand what it is remember who you're talking to people who used to be just like you now and I was thinking about this today I I've, I've been a christian for 36 years I believe 36 37 years And uh, we kind, the longer you walk with God, the, the less you remember about how you used to be, how you used to be. But if you go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11, it says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, or nor feminine nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor, nor vilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, and you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and in the Spirit of our God. Yeah, we used to be that way. We used to have a mindset that we didn't want to have anything to do with God. We didn't have time for God. We didn't believe in God. We, whatever it happens to be. And then one day we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior into our life. Pastor taught, he's been teaching on Galatians chapter 5, and you can see the things there that people are. And then you can see the fruit of the Spirit afterwards. Those that don't understand what and how you live and what has changed your life is what we need to share and help them to understand that. What would your life be like if you had never accepted Jesus Christ into your life? I remember having a real quick thought about that and, and one time and I thought, Wow, what would it be like? It wouldn't be what it is today. Could be in prison could be, you know, struggling with whatever, maybe having a couple of wives by this time. Who knows? Really don't know. I know what God has done to keep me on the straight and narrow, and that's what I share with other people. We need to to love them, need to love them, and sometimes we just need to ask some key questions after we've shared our testimony, after we've maybe talked to them about the Word of God. Don't presume, presume that they want to continue to talk to you. This is one of the big things. Ask them if you can talk to them. When I was down south, as I told you, one of the things that we would do is we would start with a survey. It helped us in some areas and sometimes uh, when we were doing certain things. And when we get done with the surveys, just a couple of questions. But in those questions, um, we, at the end, we'd ask them, can I take a few more minutes and just share a little bit about myself? And some people would say yes, some people would say no. And that was okay. We didn't, we didn't want to offend those who had said no. We'd already, you know, talk to them a little bit and ask them a couple of questions. But we don't want to uh, offend anybody. Because you want people to come to Jesus Christ at some time or another, and you don't want it to be somebody who, you know, when somebody else is witnessing to them, they say, well, all Christians are the same. We've never heard that before, have we? Watch the news. They throw all Christians into the same category. Now, our definition of Christianity and somebody else's is different. So we have to be very careful. But just ask them, Is can I... Spend a little bit more time and talk to you a little bit more about this. Ask them if they can take more time, that you can take more time and explain your relationship or maybe more of the Scriptures with them so that they can have understanding. Would you like to know more? Can I tell you what it means to be born again, have a relationship with God, to understand the peace that I have in my life? Can I just take a little bit more time with you? If not, ask them, can I talk to you about this some other time? I've done that at times and come back. Somebody, some people have to run off or have an appointment or whatever it happens to be. Have to be respectful of them. And then they need to come to an understanding. We have all come to an understanding of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross need to remember that some plant, some water, some harvest, but only God makes it grow. God makes it grow. And you might be a planter or you might be a water and you might not see the harvest. I know that there's times when I have shared with people and I wonder, did anything ever come of that? Did somebody else come alongside, and and maybe they planted a little bit more or watered, and then later on somebody harvested? And sometimes I think, okay, I get the harvest, but did somebody else plant and water? And now they didn't know what took place. Here's the thing that I do know is that I believe that for everybody who's not a Christian, somebody is praying for them somewhere in this world. For everybody who is not a Christian, I believe that there is somebody somewhere who is praying for them who is a Christian. Because we all know people who are not Christians. And maybe we're praying for them. Maybe it's a family member who's praying for them. But somebody is wanting them to come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. One of the most important questions that you can ask is, would you like to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Would you like to ask Jesus Christ in your heart, would you like to have a personal relationship with God? And let me just, one of the things that I learn is when you ask that question, don't say another word until they answer. Even if it gets awkward for 30 seconds, because they're thinking about it. And wait for them to answer. Because if they they, they were, are, yeah, they are either going to say yes or they're going to say no. And if they say yes, all right, let's move on. If they say no, now we need to find out why. And have some understanding why they don't want to accept Jesus Christ at that point. And it could be they'd say, I'm not ready for that. Could be that I don't understand that. Could be a number of things. And don't be pushy, but talk to them if they want some more scripture or they want to talk a little bit more. Go back and ask them again. And then ask them again. And ask them again. Maybe the question should be Would you like to have a relationship with God like I have? That's a tough question there because now you have to examine your own life and hopefully it's right with God. Would you like to have peace in your heart? One of the things that I have found with all people is that they want peace in their life, joy and contentment. You can ask them, do you want to have peace in your heart? Because I I find that lots of times people are not where they want to be and they're not content. They're not content the next point, this one's kind of hard. Sometimes, and you have to realize that the gospel is offensive. The gospel is offensive. My older sister, most of you know I've been praying for her for years, and she's not a Christian, and, and um, I think she's getting closer. She has a great husband. I love my, my brother-in-law, and she has three wonderful sons, and um, they have great wives, and um, my sister has had her first grandson, and uh, so she's excited. And I have witnessed to her so many different ways and different times and talked to her. and It's, it's interesting that, I, and I've talked to her about this, whenever she sends me a letter or a card or something, she'll always put Reverend and Mrs. Paul Rose. I'm like, I told her, you don't have to do that. I'm just Paul. I'm your brother. It really is. But she always does. And I asked her one time, I said, me being a minister, does that offend you? And she said, no. And she she goes to a Presbyterian church. And she said, no. And I said, okay. But I know that I have offended her. I have offended her. There was one time we were coming back from Chicago, and I was riding with her, and and we got closer to Springfield, and I, I started talking about God and just her life and everything else. And we got here, got out of the car. And it was a few days later that I got an email from my brother-in-law. And he was really angry with me that I had talked to her about God. And he said, you, you think that we are not Christians, that we're not good people? And I, hadn't, I didn't say anything like that. I was just talking to her about her relationship with God. And I know my younger sisters talked to her, my mom and dad have talked to her and everything, but it took a little bit of time for my brother-in-law to get over that. It's a spiritual battle that's going on in their lives and the devil doesn't want them to win that battle. This is the, the, the thing that I think that we need to understand. This is a spiritual battle that's taking place in their life. Let's look at Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he become as his teacher and a slave as his master. If they have called the head of the house Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household... Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for one cent, and yet... No one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, but the hairs of your head are all numbered. Therefore, do not fear. You are more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who shall confess me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever shall not deny, whoever, I'm sorry, but whoever shall deny me before men, I will deny him before my Father who is in heaven." Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. What? This is Jesus speaking. He says, do not think that I come to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Think about that. For I came to set man against his father and daughter, against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his sword and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life shall lose it, and he who has lost his life. For my sake, shall find it. Wow! Here's the separation, and it's it's not against us and them, black and white, uh, Russian, United States, China. No, the separation is Christian and non-Christian. That's the separation. That statement that he says there, I've struggled with that. I did not come to bring peace, but to bring a sword. The separation. Read the story of the separation of the sheep and the goats. The ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. The separation. And it's not that we're in a fight against them. No, we should love them with all of our heart. And they should see that that they see the love that we have inside of us towards them. It is a spiritual battle for their soul. And this is the greatest battle that they will ever be in. You have won that battle. And you should rejoice in that. You have found Jesus Christ to be Lord, Savior, and you live after him. You're on your way to heaven. Sometimes I don't think we believe it. <laughs> I think we live our lives in, oh. You know, I'm, I complain just as much as anybody else. We are on our way to heaven. Amen. Did you enjoy the worship this past Sunday morning? I thought we were ready to go. <laughs> or at least I was ready to go. Okay. Maybe we need to come in here every day and have Dan lead us through some worship to get us ready. We have the greatest gift ever given. But there's a whole bunch of people who don't. And the devil has blinded them. It is a battle that goes on every single day. And we have to help them. Help them to win that battle to see that they're lost and they're dying in a in a way that they understand that they would accept jesus christ into their hearts that they would believe and that they'd have peace and contentment and understand that one day they'll stand before god and give an account my sister one day she'll stand before god and i am not the judge i'm glad that i'm not i am not god if, if she would die right now i my guess would be no. I want it to be yes. But I'm not God. I'm not the judge. And I have learned, and I've said this to a few people, I would give up my life for any of my family, any of my family, right now, if they came to know Jesus Christ. It's worth it. Because what is a soul worth? more money than we have in this room, more money than we have in this world. It's for eternity. The devil plays for keeps, and he wants to win. He wants to win. In John chapter 10, verses 7 through 10, it says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters in through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The devil comes to play patty cakes. The devil comes to have lunch. No, it says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We shouldn't take that lightly. We shouldn't take that lightly. He wants their soul, and he's got it until they accept Jesus Christ and turn from their wicked ways. We have to remember that they will have some resistance, and for many different reasons, for many different reasons, I've seen some who have easily said I want to accept Jesus Christ and I've seen others who it's taken them years and years and years. I've had some that have gotten upset. I don't want to ever hear about Jesus Christ. I've had family members said I'm going to hell to be with my friends and we're going to party. I don't think that's going to happen. Not from what I read in the Bible. It's Weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. It's no fun. It's, it's Jesus Christ that they're rejecting. It's not you. And always remember that. You're not the Savior. Jesus Christ is. But don't let that keep you from doing battle. If they say no, you just go on. You keep going on. The most important thing that we can do is that we can win souls and make disciples. And it is life and death. Literally eternally. It's life and death. We have the ability to change someone's life when we share a story, when we share some scriptures, when we invite them to church, when we uh, talk to them about Jesus Christ and what he's done, when we ask them, would you like to accept Jesus Christ in your life? The greatest decision that I've ever made in my life was accepting Jesus Christ in my life. The next one was marrying my wife. Next thing was having our children. I can't deny that's the greatest decision in my life. We have to invite them. We have to ask the question. And at least we need to invite them to church. Easter's coming up, and hopefully you've invited people to, to come to church. I did yesterday. I was yesterday, yeah, I was out at the restaurant and saw somebody and who I'd known, and I walked over to the table, and said, hey, how you doing? He goes, hi, how you doing? We hadn't seen each other in a couple of years. Got talking, and asked him, and come to find out he's going to Catholic Church, and I said, well, we'd love to have you come to Easter, and, and I reached in my pocket, and I'm like, oh, don't have one of those little cards. <laughs> I really did. I didn't say it like that. I thought to myself, don't have one of those little cards. So I was having lunch with uh, uh, Tina Ananachi and uh, Tyler Smith, and um, so I walked it back over. I said, "Tina, you got one of those little cards," and she goes, "Yes, I should get credit for this also." <laughs> <laughs> so I took it back over to him, and I said, "Listen, I'd really love for you to come to Easter." I, I, I kind of went through the services. Good Friday, if you, if you come great, good Friday. I'll meet you there. It's just that easy. Talk to them for a few more seconds and we'll see what happens by inviting them to come. We have to do it. It's life or death. Then if they say that they want to accept Jesus Christ into their lives... All you have to do is just pray a little prayer. Pastor Mark does it just about every Sunday. And you repeat the same prayer with him. People say, well, I don't know what to pray. Here's what you do. Next Sunday, you write down what Pastor Mark says. <laughs> Take out your phone, record it. I don't care what you do. It's just easy. I did it the other day with somebody. He called me and, and uh, earlier this week. Somebody that struggles, and he goes, I just want to pray the sinner's prayer one more time. I said, okay. We prayed it on the phone. He calls me about once a year, and we do this. And I'd rather do that every day of his life than him not be sure. Whatever that process is, you need to, you need to take them through it. And if you heard the story that Jer, uh, Jeremy Kemp shared, great story of the guy that he was witnessing to, and after every Bible study, you want to accept Jesus Christ? <laughs> want to accept Jesus Christ? You want to accept Jesus Christ? A year goes by, do you want to accept Jesus Christ? I'd be like, I, I was with Jeremy on that. I was like, oh, okay, do you want to accept Jesus Christ? <laughs> Maybe? Okay. <laughs> that was a great story, and that is really the truth. We need to follow up. We need to follow up on those that we share a story with, that we share the gospel with. When I got saved, I lived in Jacksonville, Illinois. You all know where that is. And I lived in this place that looked like green acres. There was corn on all four sides and only had um, two doors in, inside the whole house. And that was on the bathroom, thankfully, and on the guy's house or the guy's bedroom that I was living with, a cousin of mine. And... Um, it really did look like green acres. And my dad brought me to the church and I got saved one Sunday and he took me back to Jacksonville and, and he said, you need to call your mom and tell you, tell her what happened. They had rededicated their lives back to, to God. And and so I called my mom and, and she, I said, hey, how are you doing? Fine, how are you doing? All that. And I said, well, we went to church today. All that's good. And, and she, he goes, you need to tell her what you did. I said, I went down front today. And she was excited because she knew what that was all about. I had no idea what that was all about. I understood that Jesus, that God was telling me that I needed to go down front that day. And when I did, I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart. I knew that God was talking to my heart that day, and I went down. Nobody followed up on me. I didn't hear from anybody. I didn't even know what my telephone number was. I didn't know what the address was of the house we were living in. So I really didn't. I could take you to it. I can't now. I could take you to it at that time because we lived out in the country. And my mom, she was all excited. But I'll always remember that, that I never, nobody ever did help me after that. I didn't understand. And we need to help. Those that we talk to understand what the difference is, why we should live our lives this way, and how we should live our lives. Ended up that we moved over to Springfield, and I started coming to the church more, and I started to grow in faith. And that's what we need one of the things we need to do invite them to come to church so that they grow and, and they learn. I remember going to a party one night, and, and we were at Glenys' house. I don't know if Dan was there or not, they, they weren't dating at the time. And I remember them talking about people living together. And I thought, what's wrong with people living together? There was somebody there who thought the same way I did, or at least they were sharing that. And man, they just, the Bible says, they were really, I'm like, I'm not getting in this conversation. I am ignorant. But I learned that night, maybe there's something about people living together that God's not happy with. And as I kept going to church, I learned more and read the Bible and started to pray and got involved in Oasis and, and Bible studies and those kinds of things, surrounding myself with good friends like Dan and Glennis. Well, Glennis. So, <laughs> But it's, we don't know how to walk this way unless somebody comes alongside And that's why last year we decided that discipleship was what we were going to talk about, what we were going to teach on, what we were going to help people to do, because we need to disciple people. We need to get them in the church, let them see, get them into your relationships, into your life, into your home, so that they can see those things. And they can see how to walk and how to live. And as I shared last last Wednesday night, I wasn't a bad person. I didn't do a whole lot of things or wasn't wicked. I was just ignorant. I'd gone to church all my life. Nobody had ever shared about Jesus Christ and what he had done on the cross and what that meant to me. And that's what I needed. So they need to come to church. We need to talk to them about services and and coming to service and, and meet them. When they come to service. If you invite somebody to Easter, tell them what service that you're going to be at and, and, or see what service they can come to and meet them here. Sit with them. Talk with them. I invited somebody to come uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago and they came on a Wednesday night. Just a couple of Wednesday nights ago. And then when pastors said, okay, everybody get up and I want you to share your story with somebody. I wasn't sitting next to them. I ran to them real quick because I knew they were new here tonight. They're going to get scared. And we shared our story with one another. Ask them questions. What did you get out of the service? What did you think of the worship? What about the message? Did it touch your heart? Do you feel anything about what's taking place? And again, be, be careful about the Christianese. We will always have an altar call. Did they go? If and the pastor last week said... Open your eyes if you brought somebody. See if they raised their hand. Take them down. Can I go down with you? Help them. It could be that you would pray with them, a sinner's prayer later on, maybe at home. You're talking to them. Call them on the phone. See how how everything went. It's not easy. It really isn't. And we don't like to do it, but we need to. It's kind of like any kind of crop. You have to tend to it. If you, want to, if you want to pray when you share your story or the gospel, you need to ask if they want to accept Jesus Christ. And if they say yes, then pray. If they say no, ask more questions. Answer their questions the best that you can. And sometimes the best answer you can give is, I don't know. Make sure you stay focused on Jesus, though. Don't get into the pre-Adamic age. Don't get into why they had so many wives and concubines and all those different things. No, everything should be focused on Jesus Christ. Help them. Tell them where to read in the Bible. Start in the Gospels. Read John and go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's all about Jesus. Help them to, to learn how to pray. And I just tell people, pray... The way that you talk to anybody talk to God I get upset with God he knows that he knows me why should I be all oh, thou greatest one in the heavens above no there's times I say, God I'm just not happy right now with you he already knows it so I'm not telling him anything new help them to to walk this walk Might be that you have to pray with them a couple of times, that you have to spend time with them. That is what harvesting and that is what discipleship is all about. It's not a one-time thing. It's like school. We have to keep going and going. Help them to understand and read and pray and worship. You know the story about the eunuch. He was reading the Bible, but he didn't have understanding. And then understanding came. Our lives must also be lived for them to follow. You can't talk to them about Jesus Christ and then be one of those people that I just talked about and read in scriptures. That you're <laughs> cussing out your neighbor or whatever, getting mad or, you know, doing things at work that you shouldn't be doing, stealing pens. and. <laughs> I said, I... This is a little side note. I said, I I have said this. We need to have a bring back to Calvary Pen Day. (laughs) See, I know it. You all have pens at home. (laughs) And you have them in your cars. Yeah, I use it as a witnessing tool. Here, this is the church I go to. (laughs) I don't. We're going to have a bring back to Calvary pen day one of these days. <laughs> Does your life line up with the word of God? It should. We are showing them what a Christian really is with our actions, sometimes more than what our, our words say. If we, we can live in the world but not be a part of the world. And there's been times when I've had people, you know, ask me and, and tempt me and, and do different things and, and stay away from those things. Stay away from those things. In my testimony, I don't drink, and, and um, that's what I believe. And, and uh, I've been offered, even by other ministers, believe it or not. And uh, I've always said no, even if nobody else is there, because that's my testimony that I can say. I haven't drank and since I got saved. Our lives will be seen by others. Does it have peace and joy? Does it have the fruit of the Spirit? That's what the world wants, and hopefully they'll see it. Am I uh, an example of Christ-likeness? What do your neighbors see? What do your coworkers see, your family? In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, Says is Paul, writing to his young son in the Lord. But share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, which now has been manifest through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, share the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed for I know whom I believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until the day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and in love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Hopefully you can say, follow me as I follow Christ. It's not always easy. We still fall. We still make mistakes. We still sin. We still sin. It's up to us to help those who are seeking after Jesus Christ. We are the disciples. It says in Matthew chapter 28, Go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples. That's what we are called to do. And that takes time. We have to spend time with them. We have to help them to understand. Now, when they get saved or they are learning about this and everything, don't drop the whole truckload on them at one time, okay? You didn't have that done on you, or hopefully that wasn't done. You need to change your dress. You need to change your language. Give up the smoking. Give up the cussing. No, 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 no. No, let God help them. You're just there to... Put some guardrails on it. And it's probably not good to tell somebody that they need to. Let God help them. Let God help them. Sometimes it is. But let God work on them. They need to, to understand the Word of God which means that we need to understand the Word of God. Help them get into the Word of God. Take them and and say, can I study with you? Can I help you? Let's go through the Gospels and let me bring some understanding to those. And, And just help them. Walk through the Bible with them. Take Matthew and walk through that. What's coming up with Good Friday? Bring them to a Good Friday service. It's one of the greatest messages that we have that's portrayed on Good Friday. Invite people to come who don't know Jesus Christ. They will not be disappointed. They might be convicted. They might not like it. And if they don't, then we've done our job because it's a spiritual battle that we're in, and the devil's not happy. We're the ones that have to help them to grow. Get them into church, and, and, and don't say come to church, and then you not come to church. Come to church with them. Make sure that they see you. Help them to see that. Help them to grow in their relationship and help them to see that your relationship, that you do make mistakes. One of the biggest things that I think that we do is that we we don't share our mistakes. You don't have to share all of them, but say I also make mistakes and maybe share some things that you know you failed in and God loved you anyways. Help them to see that that they would. Continue in this relationship. Help them to understand what it is all about. It's more than just sharing and talking. It's living. It's living. And God has given us His Word to help us, to help them. And as I said, it's not easy, but it's our responsibility. What would happen if... You led one person to the Lord this year. Think about that. What would happen in this church? Uh oh. Now we've doubled in size. And then next year, we all did it again. Uh oh. Yeah, we're up to four services. <laughs> Is that so bad? Wouldn't that be awesome? Make it a goal this year that you try to lead one person to the Lord and then disciple them. Can you do that? That'd be my challenge to you to try and lead one person to the Lord and then disciple them. Help them that from one year from now or whenever it happens, what do you have to teach them? You need to go out now and win somebody to the Lord what did Jesus call the disciples to do to be fishers of men yeah and that's what we are supposed to do is to go out and go fishing for people if we would do that just think of what would happen in this church just think of what would happen in this community Because how long do you think it would take before all of Springfield was won to Jesus Christ? Not real long. I'd rather live in that Springfield than the one we have now. But it takes all of us doing what we're supposed to be doing and that's sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others and then helping them to see that it's a relationship not a religion that we need to have. Amen? You know I love you? Thanks, Judy. (laughs) My greatest fear, seeing somebody go to hell. Somebody that maybe has walked out of this church and loses sight of God, and would end up in hell. It's my greatest fear. It tears me up. I don't. I never want to see that. Never want to see that. I've had people who have left this church. I, I know of one person, and I'm sure it might be some others, who have left this church because of me. I hate it with a passion. What can we do to, to beat the devil up? To take some of the people that are following after him and let them see what living as a Christian is all about. It's up to us. We have to do it. I wish we had the whole church here tonight that we would do it. You have a few days to invite people to Good Friday, to Easter, to talk to them about Jesus Christ. Take the opportunity Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. God, lead me to the right one. Help me to find somebody. Maybe it's a family member. Whatever it happens to be. I'm praying that somebody will witness to my older sister. I can only do so much. I don't I don't see her very often, every maybe few months right now. Don't talk to her on the phone very often. I'm praying somebody up in Naperville that will come across her path will share Jesus Christ and she will accept him. And I don't care who gets the credit, I really don't. I just want her to come to know Jesus Christ. Be one of the greatest days of my life. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, help us to compel. Help us to be as Jesus Christ. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Help us to understand that this world is in a spiritual battle, and it is up to us. That's why you created us. Not to go to work 9 to 5, not to be with our family and play ball. You created us, and you have placed your love in our hearts to help those who don't know you to see you more clear, to understand and to accept Jesus Christ. Father, compel us to go out, nudge us when we see somebody that we should talk to. Let us not be fearful Their eternity hangs in a balance. Let us see that. They're either going to heaven or they're going to hell. And we have the gift to help them to get to heaven. And Father, when we pray with them, that prayer, help us to walk them through this life, life of being a Christian understanding your word, your love letter to us, to understand church and why we raise our hands. Father, why we sing loud, why we worship you, why we want to hear the word of God, why we want to be fed every single week. Father, help them to have peace, that they can turn around, they can do the exact same thing. I pray that you would just touch each and every one here. Father, you've already commissioned us by go and make disciples, baptizing them. Father, help us to take that seriously and be your servants, be your children, be your fishers. Father, be your disciples. As we give you praise, in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. God bless you. I love you. Invite people to come to church and on Easter and Good Friday.